So what happened on Saturday of the first Easter? We know what we did yesterday. Um, it's pretty well documented, actually, what happened that, that the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. Sunday was Palm Sunday. Monday is when Jesus, what is called, cleansed the temple, threw the money changers out of the temple. Tuesday is when he had a lot of confrontation uh, with the religious leaders. This is the, the day when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? It's the day when he was asked, uh, is it lawful to pay taxes to the Roman Empire? On Wednesday, uh, it was the day that Mary anointed Jesus uh, with the expensive oil, uh, and Jesus said she's done a wonderful thing uh, that will be remembered throughout history. Thursday was Monday, Thursday, the Last Supper. Friday was the crucifixion and Good Friday. Uh, Saturday, we get half a verse in Luke's Gospel. Um, and they observed the Sabbath as commanded. Well, that's just half a verse for that whole day. We can, you know, we can assume that they did observe the Sabbath. They rested. Uh, they did no work. They focused on God and turning their lives back to God, acknowledging that God is control and that their, their lives are in God's hands. I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's the pious answer that we'd like to give. I'm thinking um, they're being humans. They, um, there was probably other stuff going on. After all, you know, Friday was a disaster. It was a catastrophe. Things did not work out at all as they had planned. Think of the Tampa Bay Lightning on Wednesday morning. Um, yeah. Things just did not go as they planned. Um, they were discouraged. They were depressed. They were hopeless. Uh, they were defeated. There might have been some recrimination going on. I would wonder if they were even all the disciples. I wondered even if they stayed together. I mean, it says on Friday night, the, the, they were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. They scattered. I, you know, you wonder if all of them were together. Maybe some had already gone back to Galilee. Uh, maybe some were in hiding. Maybe they were so ashamed and guilty they couldn't show their faces to each other. And if they did get together, I mean, there was probably a lot of blame going around. You know, where were you on Friday night? What happened to you? Well, at least I went on Thursday and Friday uh, and sat in, and waited in the courtyard for the trial. Well, at least I did that. Yeah, but you denied him. Uh, and they might have even have been mad at Jesus. There might have been a, a degree of anger, not only with each other, not only with the authorities, but with Jesus. I mean, sometimes we do get mad at a person when they die. You know, they left me. They left me high and dry. What was Jesus thinking? You know, why did he do that? He didn't do what we expected him to do. And there might have been blame for Jesus. There also might have been a sense of relief uh, with some of the disciples. You know, oh, thank God this is over. And we can go back to life the way it was. We can go back to our simple village life where we know what's going to happen every day. You know, where life is somewhat predictable. We can be fairly sure that they didn't do certain things. 
they probably did not prepare their Easter dinner. They probably did not make reservations uh, at the local restaurant for the family. Uh, they probably didn't do Easter eggs. I doubt that Peter went home to prepare his Easter sermon. It was over. And chapter 23 ends with, you know, it's over. End of story, close the book. It's hopeless, it's defeated, it's discouraging, it's disappointing. That's how chapter 23 ends. And then we get chapter 24. But, but is the first word of the new chapter. Now I'm going to probably mess up on this, so I'm just going to get this out of the way now. When I refer to but, I am not referring to anatomy. I am referring to the conjunction but, if and or but. Now, you know, we, we, for all of Lent, we had a, a specific word that we were preaching on. If we had but up here, it would be one T. Okay. But, that's a word that says there's more to the story. The story goes on. The chapter has not closed. There's more to say. There's a change of direction. You know, it was sunny, but it started to rain the next hour, which changed our plans. The story changes direction. You know. Things were horrible, but Friday was a tragic day, but things were hopeless, but he is not here, but risen. We thought it was an old wives' tale, but Peter got up and went to the tomb. But is a significant word. Changes how we see things and how we experience things. Uh, but is kind of a, a good news, bad news joke. Now, I tried jokes two weeks ago, and you laughed better than morning blend, so that kind of encouraged me. The attorney was meeting with her client and said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the client said, well, give me the bad news first. Well, they did an investigation of the crime scene and your DNA would indicate that your blood is all over the crime scene. Well, what's the good news? Your cholesterol's way down. <laughs> I might stop there. I should stop it. <laughs> yeah, let's just sing thine is the glory and go home now. <laughs> I got one more, you know. The leader of the administrative council came to the minister and said, I've got good news and bad news. Well, give me the good news first. Okay. Attendance has been great. It's way up the last three Sundays. Well, what's the bad news? Well, you've been on vacation the last three Sundays. <laughs> when, we, when we say but, it, it changes direction, but it also changes the emphasis of what we're saying. And it's as if what comes 
after the but is more important than what comes before. And some people call it the discounting but. We can discount or devalue what came before it. I would like to come to your party, but I have a previous commitment. I have a previous commitment, but I would like to come to your party. Every Sunday after church, I'll go home and I'll say to Susan, how was the sermon? And she'll say, it was really good. <laughs> she really wants to say but. <laughs> but she, bless her heart. <laughs> what comes after the but makes all the difference. I lost my job, but I have three interviews this week. I have heart disease, but I understand it can be treated medically. We know people who are yes, but people. They'll come to us with an issue, with a problem, and we'll try to help them, we'll try to make suggestions, and they will say, well, yes, but, and they always have a reason why they can't do what we're suggesting. They just aren't going to change what they're doing. In the end, they're more comfortable with the misery they're in than trying to do, make the effort or take the risk of something new and unknown. It's safer just to say, yes, but. They're easily defeated they're easily discouraged. For me, people who say yes but are actually looking for the living among the dead. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Well, it's easier. It's less challenging. I don't have to take any risks. I don't, I don't have to change who I am. It's easy to have sympathy for a dead Jesus. Because I don't have to do anything. I can just feel sorry. But Peter got up and went to the tomb. We also know people who in essence are no, but. Nope, that meeting didn't go the way we wanted. But, 
we're going to keep trying. Nope, that game six didn't turn out, but we're going to roll up our sleeves and give it all we have in game seven. People who are no but look for the living among the living. They're going to make the effort. They're going to take the risk. They're going to work at it. No but people have loyalty to a risen Lord and will follow him wherever he takes them. We call these people resurrection people. There's a, there's a difference between saying, yes, King Avenue needs to be a vibrant church, but General Conference really wiped us out. And we have an excuse to do nothing. Or saying, no, General Conference was a disaster. But we're going to remain King Avenue. That's looking for the living among the living. And it's rolling up our sleeves and getting to work. Several years ago in Lit Club, we read a book called Little Bee. It's about a, a tribe in, in Africa. I don't think the country was ever named, uh, but it's a tribe that's, whose land is being taken from, from it um, because oil has been found on their land and, and a, a first world oil company is, is pushing them off the land um, and if they're not leaving, it's, they're killing them. And this tribe is, is Christian, but the interesting thing about their religion is their Bible is very thin, and it's only the first 23 chapters of Luke. It ends with, they put him in the tomb and they observe the Sabbath day as commanded. That's it. There's no chapter 24. Think about how different your religion would be if there's no chapter 24. Yeah. I think how often I live as if there is no chapter 24. There is no but. Bad things happened, the end. It's hopeless. It's desperate. If we live as if there's no chapter 24. General Conference had it say, that's it. But, but. Jesus says in, in the Gospels, and the angels say to the angels say to the to the women at the tomb, He is not here, but is risen, and he's gone ahead to Galilee. Galilee is 
where Jesus did most of his teaching, most of his preaching, most of his miracles, most of living his life and interacting with the people. Galilee is kind of code here for go to where the living are and there you will find the resurrected Jesus. So much of Jesus' teaching and ministry have a but in them. Zacchaeus was a tax collector who was hated by everyone, but Jesus went to his house and accepted him. The garrison demoniac was possessed by demons and made to live outside the town, but Jesus went to him and accepted him. In the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard it said, but I say to you, you have heard it said that you shall love your friends and hate your enemies, but I say to you, don't hate those who persecute you, but pray for them. If somebody asks for your coat, but give them your shirt as well. Don't resent the person who asks you to go one mile, but go with them too. He's asking us to roll up our sleeves as resurrection people. If somebody sins against you, don't hate them, but forgive them. And if you do somebody wrong, don't avoid them, but ask for their forgiveness. Don't seek to be served, but to serve. Don't seek to be loved, but to love. What Jesus is asking us to do is to be a resurrection people and practice what it is to live as a resurrection, that there's always more to the story, that there's always something else and more to do and to say and to be. Like doctors practice medicine, we are to practice resurrection, giving new life and accepting new life. I had um, a really good lunch with Roy Clark this week. Roy is the director of, the, of NEMAP, the Near North End Material Assistance Program. And Roy was telling me about the plans of NEMAP. <laughs> and I, we've probably forgotten, but NEMAP used to be located in the church at Third and High and they uh, lost their lease, and they were told to leave, and they had trouble finding a new place. And things got pretty tight, and things got, looked pretty dark, and like, would they find a new place? And Roy, was, we were talking about that, and I said, did you ever think at the time, now that you have a much bigger place near the fairgrounds that's located much more in the, where there's a need, and you're, you've doubled in the amount of people you're helping. Did you ever think at the time that you'd ever find a new location? And didn't you think at the time that it was over? And he said, yeah, but 
It was the best thing that happened to us. And now NEMAP, which is located in South Linden, is looking to start a North Linden branch. And Roy was telling me about the fundraising efforts and so on, and he said um, they found uh, an old funeral home, and they hoped to move into this funeral home. And I thought, well, that's pretty neat to take this symbol of death and open up pantry and services for the homeless and the low income and the hungry. I thought, boy, that is looking for living among the living. <laughs> and Roy said, and you know what's on the cornerstone of this old funeral home? It's the African word janami. Do you know what that means? I said, no, Roy, I don't know that. <laughs> and he said, janami means but for God. Whoa. But for God. God always twists the story. God says there's more. But for God, there's more to our story. There's more to our life. There's more to the life of those we encounter, and there's more for the lives of those we love. There's always a new chapter. But for God. That's the Easter message. But for God, there is new life for all of us. So we know what happened on, um, on Saturday. They observed the Sabbath. And we know what happens on Sunday. We have great music, and many of us will eat too much. But the real question is, what's Monday? Sunday was great, but what about Monday? Monday. Monday. But let's be a people who practice resurrection and seek the living among the living. May it be so. Amen.